take you on a journey today that I think has uh, it's been great for me. This message that I'm going to share has helped me a lot. I want to appreciate my Savannah State students. Thank you all for coming. We love you. We think you're amazing. Uh, thank you for your service and your volunteerism. And we got food for you. So don't leave. We got, listen, we got some fresh possum, everything for you. That's right. Some wild everything for you right over here. All right. All right. Open your Bible, if you would, please. And I want to simply share a brief story. It's in John chapter 9. I, I had a thought the other day that I really liked. It's a very simple thought. The thought was that um, every now and then when you have a moment of freedom that you didn't have before, it's really easy for a person who's never been free to not know how to respond to freedom. And so the saying goes like this. Freedom feels funny when you've been bound all of your life. Freedom feels funny when you've been bound all your life. And bondage feels normal when you've been in bondage all of your life. If you grow up in a house and everything is messy, it feels normal to you. If you grow up in a house where everybody fusses and yells and cusses, everything feels normal to you. And if you get married to somebody or you become friends with somebody and they don't cuss and they don't fight, you think something's wrong with them. As a matter of fact, if you get in a really neat environment and you are a junky person, you feel out of place until you drop something on the floor. Freedom feels funny when you've been in bondage all your life. Bondage feels normal when you've been bound all of your life. It's hard for people to switch and admit, I have been in bondage all of my life. It would take a miracle for them to see. The series this month and last month was around the word miracle. And I believe in miracles, and I believe that God can do something in your life that you never thought possible because you've been in bondage all your life, and bondage seems normal. Being high, being on drugs is normal. Being broke is normal. Being angry is normal. So freedom feels funny when you've been bound all your life. The question is, are you bound? Are you free? Now, I've seen people that come here to church, and it's not long. And that confuses them because they think I should go at least two more hours because bondage feels normal <laughs> when you've been bound all your life. And freedom feels funny. I used to be um, amazed at a story in the Bible. It's in the book of Acts. There's a story about uh, Peter. He was um, in, in, uh, put in jail in Acts chapter 12. I'm not going to read it. Acts chapter 12. And uh, Herod arrested him and was planning on killing him. And so he had him bound between two soldiers, put in prison, and they were chained to him. Make sure he didn't get away. Angel came in, the Bible says in Acts chapter 12, verse 11. And the angel freed him 
And Peter goes to a house, knocks on the door. All the believers are in there praying for Peter to be, be delivered. And when Rhoda opens the door, she sees Peter and slams the door because she can't believe it. It's freedom. Feels funny. Can't believe it. Something that she prayed for. You've been there before? Something you asked for came and you were shocked. You looked at your checking account and you really got money. Amazing. You came home and there was no strife. Amazing. There are things that you can name. You got a job. They treat you nice. You almost don't know what to do. You like going to work again. Because freedom feels funny. Rhoda saw Peter slam the door, couldn't believe it was him, and went and told other disciples, he's out there. And they said, you lying. So said, no, I'm serious. <clears throat> it's hard to believe some things can happen for you. You know, in my life, years ago, I used to be a bus person. See, there are bus people in my world when I was younger, 15 and below, and they were car people. All of you are car people. And all you car people don't understand us bus people. Because we never, we never owned a car. We owned one, we never drove it. My mama used to drive it in the garage and back it out. I said, why we buy a car? We don't go anywhere in it. I'm not, I'm not kidding. We didn't, we didn't, I, I, don't rec I don't ever recall going anywhere in the car except to the garage. She'd back it in and back, and she let me do that illegally. I'd pull it in and back it out and pull it in. And so I remember, <clears throat> and, and I grew up in Los Angeles, and let me get it clear. I was here for two years in high school, but I grew up in L.A. I was born here but raised in Los Angeles. So, so we rode the bus, and we had bus passes. And on the, when you ride the bus and you're a bus person, you live by the bus schedule. So anytime you want to go someplace, you have to check the schedule. So if I want to be someplace at 10 o'clock, you got to catch the 833 bus, number 7, transfer to number 10, get there about 930, number 10 will drop you off about two blocks from your destination. And you know you got to walk two blocks, so you got to catch the 833. You understand? That's what bus people understood. Car people, you're not like that. You just get in the car and go when you want to go. You can leave home at 9.30 and get there at 10 o'clock. Not if you're a bus person. So all the bus people be standing on the bus stop. We all friends. All you car people ride by and look at us. Look at the car, look at the people. You know, you, you, watch, watch next time you drive by a bus, smile, okay? Because you know how you get. They are on the bus stop, especially when it's raining. You feel sorry for us. But we got umbrellas. We all right. So for years, now here's what you'll find strange. I never prayed to be a car person. That may shock you. You know why? Car people have to deal with traffic. I got a chauffeur. Car people have to deal with issues like repairing your car. We don't have to worry about that. I pay my little money, get on the bus, sit where I want to sit. Got many seats to choose from. You only got four or five seats to choose from. Plus, you don't have anybody with you in your car most of the time. I have friends. Hey, John. Hey, Frank. How you doing there? Everybody know everybody. That's right, see? Hi, children. Fine. You by yourself. I got friends. I'm a bus person. You all are car people. 
But one day, God did something for me. Gave me a car. I moved over from the bus to the car. Tell you a quick story. I was going down the street, Middle Ground Road. And there was a bus station, that's bus stop right down there. Matter of fact, let me tell you, we put the lights out here on the, on the field. I told Diane, I said, listen, make sure that we put a light by the bus stop. I said, I want to make sure if you have to add one that the people at the bus stop, I almost want to go put something over there or hang out. So I want to do something for the bus people because I've been a bus person. Anyway, I was driving, I was turning into church here the other day, uh, several years ago, and I saw a guy right down there. He was, he had missed the bus and he was dancing. And he, was, he, had, he had a suit on, he had his briefcase, but he missed the bus. And I saw him, and my heart went out to him as a previous bus person. I remember looking at him, and I turned around, and I pulled over. I said, brother man, did you miss the bus? He said, yeah, Pastor Rick, I missed it. I said, come on, get in. I took him because I'm a bus person. I used to be that person. But now I'm a car person. Get in my car when I want to go. Do what I want to do. But here's the amazing thing. I never asked to be one. N that's the truth. I never dreamed. I never had a car in mind I wanted. The first car I had, you wouldn't be impressed. It was a green Pontiac. It was awful looking. Had a little dent in the side, but it was my car. I was moving from the, from the bus to the car. 16 years old, I got a car. And I became a car person. And our story in the book of John chapter 9, we're going to study about a blind man. The blind man was born blind. He never dreamed to be a seeing person out loud. There's nowhere in the Bible story in John chapter 9 that this man dreamed to be a sighted person. You see. So I want you to listen to the story, John chapter 9, verse 1. As he went along referring to Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Here's the response. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. And said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Then he goes on in verse 6 and says, <clears throat> Having said this, he spit on the ground. Now listen carefully. This gets bad now. Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud. This doesn't sound good. And he put the mud on the man's eyes. That doesn't sound good. Then he told the man to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, I want to pause right there in the story. You can read the rest on your own. The guy gets his sight back, and he becomes a sighted person. He moves from being a blind person all of his life to being a sighted person. He moved from needing people to take him places to being able to go by himself. He now could have a career. He now could get married to somebody. He now can have a family. He now can do all kinds of things because he's moved from being one person to another. But what's amazing is nowhere in the story did he ask for it. 
Nowhere. Jesus gave it to him. Here's what I believe is true. There are miracles in your life that God can do for you that you don't even have the courage to ask for. There are things that God will do for you that will amaze you. For example, God will give you a good man and you'll look at him and say, are you really good? It, it confuse you. God will give you a good woman, an honest woman, and you'll look at her and say, wow, all these years I've been married to Diane. She ain't hit me yet. She threw a pill at me a couple of times. But she has not shown any violent tendencies all these years. She has not, I've not had to call the police on her. I've not had to file a warrant on her. I am thankful. Glory to God. Good woman. So you never know. <laughs> you never know how good it feels. And sometimes you look at other people and you feel funny. Because God gave you something that's above what you expected, above what you planned for. Some of you are in retirement age right now, and you know what's happening with you? You're confused because now you have time. You're confused. You have money. You're confused because you can get on a plane and go anywhere you want to go because now all of a sudden, all the kids left the house. You don't have to clean up any, any rooms. When you clean up a room right now and you walk past that room, it, you, you walk like this past it and you go, it's still clean. Nothing's on the floor. No food under the bed. It's amazing. It's my house again. Now, some of you are not there yet. But some of you, one day, will see. When you get there, it doesn't feel like you think it's going to feel. There are moments in your life you wanted children. It doesn't feel like you think it's going to feel. There are moments in your life when things happen and the feeling is a surprise. This guy gets healed, and here are the surprises. Everybody's not happy. God works a miracle in this guy's life, and the people around him are confused. As a matter of fact, they doubted he was telling the truth. You weren't blind all your life. You're faking I mean, it's, it's, you read the story. It's amazing. John chapter 9. They, they, they actually doubted the guy was blind. They said, is that him? No, that ain't him. He said, yeah, it's me. They said, well, how did you get your sight? Jesus put some stuff. It was horrible, but they spit on the ground and then put it in my eyes, told me to go wash in this pool, and I came back seeing. Now, here's what's interesting. There are some observations I want you to note as we close. Number one. This guy did not have the same gifts everybody had. Note that. He could not see. But what's amazing is he did two things right. Number one, he used what he had until he can get what he needed. He didn't allow his blindness to stop him from going to the pool and trying. He went to beg every day. He used what he had. You know, you know what our problem is? You want to have somebody else's gift. You don't have their gift. You can't sing like that. Stop trying. You don't have their gift. Use what you have. That's what he did. Every day, he was begging on the job. Got some money? You got $5? How about a, how about a dime? Got something for the brother? I'm here trying to make it work, people. I need your help. Hey, I can't see you, but I can feel you. How about a dollar? Use what you have. 
until you get what you want. Number two, you ready? He never complained. He took advantage of the moment. Now, here's what's amazing. Watch this now. He's sitting there. He didn't ask Jesus to come over there and do anything. All of a sudden, Jesus comes up to him because he knew who it was. Because he told the people who did it. And so, obviously, Jesus would open to say, hey, I'm Jesus. You want to see? I'm going to help you out. Stay still. And you can, you know, he's, what you doing, Jesus? Don't worry. You won't, you don't, you got to be glad you can't see this. And so, <laughs> Jesus puts that mixture in his eyes. He puts that mixture in his eyes. And now, all of a sudden, this amazing thing happens because he was on the job and he took advantage of the moment. Say that with me, please. Say he was on the job and he took advantage of the moment. You in school, you on the job. This is your chance right now. Take advantage of the moment. Take advantage of right now, this opportunity. Sometimes you don't have what everybody else has. And you can spend too many years dwelling on it, especially you women. I don't look like her. You ain't never going to look like her. Be, look like yourself. Listen, you can't, you may have to, you, she may go like this and all of her hair fall in place. You got to go like this and pull a little bit. Listen, work with what you have. That's what the blind man did. He didn't go around complaining about not being able to see. He might have bumped into a few things. That's part of his life, bumping into stuff, bumping into stuff. I bump into stuff I can't see. You know, I'm blind. I hit you. You better watch out. Better move. I'm coming. Blind man coming. Blind man. Listen, use what you got. Stop complaining. You don't look as good as them. So what? I don't let anybody mock my looks. Because you know what I tell people? If you mock my looks, show me your beauty check. Show me a check that says you get paid for how you look before you talk about me. I'm not going to allow myself to feel bad. I am who I am. I got what I got. The blind man was blind, bumping into stuff, but he made it work. Took advantage of the moment. Didn't dwell on what he didn't have. Now, what's amazing in the story, they asked the disciples, asked Jesus when they saw him, they said, did his parents do something wrong? That gets me about religious people. They got to have some spiritual answer for everything. Jesus said, no, he didn't sin. But watch God take this bad moment and use it to bless his life. Watch with me how amazing it is that God used an unorthodox method to heal him. Stop looking for it to come one way. I hope it hadn't, doesn't have to be spit on the ground now. That's kind of special. But please understand, sometimes your husband, your money, your career, your whatever is not going to come the way you planned. God has another route. How did God get me a bus person, a bus guy? On Sunday morning, I was going to the gym playing Michael Jackson with a boom box, disturbing the neighborhood on the way to the gym with a basketball. That was me. Now, if you saw me at 13, you would never say, that's going to be Pastor Rick. You never would have thought that. He needs to turn down that music coming down the street disturbing us, dribbling that basketball. And where are you going on Sunday? Not to church. I know that because I don't know why people go to church. I couldn't figure that out. 
Why would you go someplace that long with a bunch of old people singing songs that you can't sing anywhere else? It don't make sense to me. I never wanted to go to church. Let me be clear. I never wanted to go. I never asked to go. We used to cuss on the way from elementary school. So I was cussing a long time ago. And we would cuss all the way till we got to the church. It was a church on 47 and Hoover, 40, 45th. And I, we would cuss all the way till we got to the church. And we said, stop that, don't cuss now. And then we, it was a big cross, and it would be a big cross. And when we got past the cross, we start cussing again. I was truly unsaved, unchurched, bus person, dribbling the basketball, never went to church, and could not understand why you went. See, that's what church people, you know, <laughs> see, you're so focused on your religious views, you don't know people don't, people don't care what you think. If you think I'm lying, ask the people on your job. They'll help you. The people you live in your neighborhood. Notice there ain't no, ain't no traffic jam to get here. We have to go to people. That's why I love streaming. That's why I love online. I'm in your house. I'm coming to you live. Me and you right now. This is a gift. And we got to take advantage of the moment. We can't worry about how other people do it. We have to change and migrate and adjust and grow. And I love this story. Even though people didn't believe in the guy, God worked a miracle in his life. And as I close, that's what he's going to do in your life. Work a miracle. Bring healing and blessing. Now I'm done. Because if you haven't heard me now, talking another 20 minutes is not going to change it. But if you hear what I said, God will take your life. And he'll take you to a new place, a miraculous place. And here's what I believe, and I'll talk about this next week. He will resurrect you. He will bring a resurrection in your life, things that you thought were dead and not possible. He will resurrect you. And I'll tell you all of that next week inside at 9 and 11. I'm done. Let's all stand. Father, I thank you for the service. I thank you for those who are here and those who are home. I ask your blessing. As we now leave, many are going to go over there to the food truck and eat and hang out in fellowship. I pray blessings upon the fellowship. I pray blessings for those, Lord God, who are here today who don't know you as Savior. May this be the moment that they give their lives to Jesus and say, Jesus, I pray for your grace on me, on those who are here, those who are watching this on demand, and those who are in their cars. Healing and grace and blessing. We leave with faith today, believing you can do the miraculous. You can do things for us that we haven't even had the courage to ask you for. And so we settle today that our lives are in your hand. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.